You're six times more likely to make a deal with someone you like. In other words, don't be a jerk. Be nice. Be nice. You can be nice for a few minutes for this negotiation, right? You don't have to be angry all the time. All right. Most dangerous negotiation is the one you don't know you in. We already talked about that because you get uncaffeinated coffee. So nobody wants to have that. There's always a team of deal killers on the other side. There are people who, number one, can hurt you by doing nothing. If you need them to do something for you, they can hurt you by doing nothing. Also, I have a lot of coaching clients that I talk to that are always so obsessed and worried about talking to the decision maker. Oh, we have to have the decision maker. We need to talk to the decision maker. Oh, we got to have the decision maker. Okay, so the person that the decision maker made the contact for you, you're pretty much telling them they're worthless. Which means when they go into that meeting with their higher boss and they're supposed to be speaking on your behalf, they're going to say, oh, those guys are jerks. Now all they want to do is talk to you. They wouldn't even deal with me. That's a deal killer. Make that person who is your contact person, make them your advocate. Talk to them as if they are the decision maker. Because what you're doing is you're arming them with everything they need when they go into the meeting with the big boss to say, these guys are awesome. And everything you tell them, because you're treating them like the decision maker, they're going to go upstairs to the boss and say the exact same thing. They just made your pitch for you. Turn them into an advocate. Get them on your side. Don't turn them into a deal killer by insisting on talking to their boss. It's one of the biggest mistakes people make. Make that contact person your best buddy. Negative emotions and dynamics will impede somebody's cognitive ability. If you keep the negative in the room, you will make your counterpart dumber. If you clear out all the negatives by labeling them, by using audits, whatever you, process you choose to use after, at the end of this day when you have all these tools, get rid of the negative. Don't let it sit there and fester. The problem is people are so afraid to point negative things out that they let them sit there because they're uncomfortable pointing them out. And some people ask questions about that today. You have to realize that the urge to correct is irresistible. And you might say something that makes somebody mad. You might point out something that people aren't happy about, but you're going to get it out of the way and you're going to mitigate it out of the whole situation. Therefore, their mind is clear because you got rid of the negative. You already addressed it. And the thing is, you don't have to explain it because Ronald Reagan says, if you're explaining, you're losing. You don't have to explain the negative. You just have to acknowledge it. Ah, you may think this price is too high because you know they're already thinking that, right? So that now you've demonstrated understanding of that, they can let go of it. And then they can hear what you have to say because you got rid of that negative. You don't have to explain it, you just have to acknowledge it and let them know you know it's there and that that's what they're feeling. Vision drives decision. And if you guys were paying attention, you heard Josh stick the vision question in there on the 60 seconds exercise. What's your vision for how this is gonna go? When you ask someone that question, they literally start a little movie in their head and they're picturing how they want things to go. And if you especially ask them that, what's your vision for what this looks like moving forward? They're gonna give you that. They're gonna tell you everything. They're gonna narrate that little movie in their head and you're gonna get all kinds of information about what they actually want. The good thing about that is vision drives decision. So if you ask them that vision and you can label and mirror all the way through it and you get all this information, 
when you've addressed all those things you're bringing up in their vision that might have, you, they might have questions about, and you're demonstrating that you understand them by labeling them or mirroring to get more information, you just drove their decision-making. Okay, I know I, I, that was like drinking from a fire hose. Um, anybody have any questions? Yes. Needs and wants, either one, you're in a negotiation. You label it. If they say, oh, in my vision, I want this, 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 and this. You point it out. It seems like this thing in particular is very important to you. And then you're going to get to the why behind that is a must. And you're going to figure out the information about what that means. And there may be another way to give them that without having to do exactly what they want. But you have to get that information from them first. So if they're saying, well, we want to have this and we want to have that, it sounds like that's really important to you. It seems like that's something you can't do without. And let them explain to you why that is. And then you'll know how to do the workaround. It's all about listening. Um, it's funny because every time you guys ask me a question, I don't even have to know what you're talking about. I just have to see where, where your hang-up is. I label that, and then you're like, oh. I've pretty much been doing that all day. I don't know if you've noticed. I'm not smart. I mean, I'm not stupid, but I'm not, I'm not the smartest person in the room, that's for sure. I just know how to listen to you when you ask me a question, and I know what I need to say to get you past it. Label the dynamic that you see. If they're telling you in this contract, I have to have this, I have to have that, I have to have this, I want, 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 it seems like that may be a deal-breaker. Seems like something like that is something that you're not going to be willing to live without because everybody has someone who they answer to, which is going to be everyone else that's not in the room that they're basically speaking for. So then you point that out. It seems like there are other people's opinions and questions that you have to take into consideration. And then let them tell you how many people they have to report back to. It's going to give you an idea of what you're dealing with. Okay? So seems like I'm dealing with you. You're my contact person. I can't talk to anybody else. I got to talk with you. And there's five people up there that you have to convince that this is the best thing. So when you say, mm, it seems like you're getting a lot of pressure from, from above to get certain things accomplished. And then let them tell you what those certain things are that they're getting pressure from to get accomplished. See, that's the thing. You don't have to be really, really smart to use this stuff, I'm telling you. All you have to do is appreciate human nature and the human nature response. All you have to do is think about whatever problem that you have with the other side, it's something that's happening on their side that may be negative also, so you just label it. That's what's gonna get you through it. You have to use these skills without fear, without worrying about what's gonna happen when you say whatever you say. You may get attacked. Okay, what's gonna happen when you get attacked? You're gonna know what makes them angry and they're gonna tell you exactly why. You're gonna get information. The way I do it, it's probably because I'm assertive and it's one of the things I do that we were asking earlier, how do you handle things? I always assume everyone's gonna attack me all the time. And that way I go in there with a, gotta be cool because I'm gonna get attacked. And that way I don't get rattled as easily and I hear what they're saying and I can label that dynamic and put it back on them to kind of explain to me, okay, these wants and these needs, you're very married to this. You seem to not be able to let go of that. It seems like someone above you may be pushing you in that direction. You'd make an educated guess. People had science, right? Everybody had to do labs. It's a hypothesis. It's an educated guess based on what information they're giving you, the data you're taking in. 
You make a guess, you may be wrong. If you're wrong, you say, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't say that this was how it was supposed to be. I just said it, may, it seemed that way. And then they tell you what it really is, and you label that. And that goes back to the desire to correct? Yep. You had a question over here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Barbara's going to kind of get to this a little bit in the quick two plus one, but um, when you mislabel someone, they give you a very honest, candid response. It's like our little black swan lie detector. So when you mislabel someone, they're going to correct you with the truth. They're not going to correct you with a lie. It's not what people do. People don't get so strong about correcting you about something if they're going to correct you with a lie. They're going to give you the truth because they want to tell you how stupid you are because you didn't know what the truth was. So if you mislabel, and I kind of, one of the labels I gave you was a mislabel, I don't know if you caught it. Um, if that sparked that question, yeah. Um, if you use the word don't in there, it seems like you don't think that this part is important. Like, oh no, no, I think it's important, it's and I'll tell you why. Give you the honest reason about why they think it's important. I'll give you some, some, some specific things. Don't use their name, don't use their name. You introduce yourself, introduce yourself and say is now a bad time. What is that? No oriented question. People love to say no. Let them say no. Is now a bad time? If they say yes, you can say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, this isn't convenient for you. Um, uh, seems like there may be a better time for me to call that might be more convenient for you, and then let them give you a time. If you say is now a bad time, everyone wants to say no so bad that most likely they're gonna say no before they realize what they've done. And then you have a few seconds to kind of redeem yourself. <laughs> before they really hang up on you. So your, your next line needs to be kind of really geared toward them. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're, you, were you the real estate one? Yeah, are you cold calling people for real estate? Yes. Dang, I didn't know that, how that worked, okay. Um, so yeah, is now a bad time? Don't ever say their name, say your name. Um, and then depending on what you're calling them about, if you're trying to buy their property, is that what you're doing? Okay, I did a whole script for somebody and a coaching client one time. I did an entire script for that. Um, there is a way you can do it. The one thing is you don't ask a lot of questions. It seems like you, you, you have a property that um, you may be interested in selling. And if they say no, then there's your answer. Call done. If they say, well, you know, we're thinking about this. Oh, you know, well, um, it looks like I may be able to give you some information that would be helpful. And then let them get the information from you. They need to guide the conversation. They need to feel like they're in control. They're not, but you need to make them feel like they are. They push it forward. When they push it forward, they're more likely to stick with you. No direct questions. Put yourself in the mind of your counterpart and think what negative things could they possibly be thinking? What about whatever you're doing could they be afraid of, could be affecting them negatively, and you go ahead and label it first. You get out in front of it.